I am Enzo Salvaggi. This is the VMPC Show. Because we didn't have the formation that is required in order to discern and say, this is good, this is bad, and this is why. It is in the French Revolution that you finally really see in a concrete, physical, political, social sense, the application of that modern mindset, which basically denies the supernatural, denies the metaphysical. We in this world are not acquainted with death. We are not acquainted with thinking of our own mortality. You know, why, why are we okay with a poisoned world? It's important to keep a very universal uh, you know, outlook on that because until you realize that you're part of the problem, there's no solution. You know, all the hard stuff we avoid. And the liturgy, in, in, in a way, is that. It's the hard thing. What is art and what is beauty? Beauty is the thing that comforts me on the way because I'm weak. Art is our collaboration with understanding God's vision, quote-unquote, of the world. And in the liturgy, it's not just beauty. It's also creativity with God as artist. It's our creativity but it's our creativity channeled through the truths that God gives us. And so we're expressing the world as he sees it through our own talents and limitations. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Mr. Enzo Selvaggi. Am I pronouncing that? Of correctly? course. Okay. Yes, that's great. He's the creative director of Heritage Liturgical. Um, so, Enzo, you grew up in Italy. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is amazing. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, I was born here. My parents decided to raise us in a um, close to our culture, close to our ancestry, and so that's where that's where that happened. So you are your town, obviously. Right, right. Yeah. Past uh, since nine ninety eight, or yeah, nine ninety eight. Wow. Yeah, oh. that's right. Yeah, it's Dang. a premium vintage. Uh, you know, wonderful pedigree. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Any uh, any stars in the lineage? <laughs> <laughs> none that none that we would speak of in okay. our, in our oh. humility. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, perfect. Perfect for lunch. I, I may fly commercial, but I'm not commercial. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> uh, this is going to be a recurring thing, my season. Yeah. Um, so yeah. you mean Karl Lagerfeld quotes turned backwards? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Those. Yes, I love yeah, him. Okay. Anyway, rip Karl Lagerfeld. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so you were introduced to sacred art in Italy, or well, I mean, you walk into you walk into your local parish church, and there you are introduced. It's a, it's a it's an informal formal introduction, right? Which is something we never have here in the well, we 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 do have it. Um, we have had it. It's really the post-war period that just began to efface it, and then. In California, to a large extent, you know, even into the 50s, there was something. Uh, but development and the, the way that we build is such that uh, the culture shifted. And, and, and the church, in a way, yes, it, it prepares and it forms culture, but it also follows culture. You can't, you don't, the church doesn't exist in a vacuum. And so if the culture doesn't value building, if the culture doesn't value Art, if the culture doesn't value the liturgy, all those things, you can't expect out of that ground for a certain type of tree to grow, right? right? So it's it's um, it's uh, it's a virtuous or vicious cycle, and um, so yeah, our generation, uh, I'm including myself in yours, of course, because mm -hmm. it's nice to do that. Yeah. Uh, if it makes you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> I have to wonder what it makes uh, me feel better. Uh, yeah. um, Actually, at this point it would, but anyway, right. that's a Would it? I don't know. If you're including millennials. Yeah, exactly, well, we try not to include <laughs> them. Just being the 1%. We try not to include them in anything. True. Uh, <laughs> that was your first mistake. <laughs> I mean, equal opportunity, uh, employer. Uh, anyway, we, we haven't been exposed to it, especially on the West Coast. You know, if you're on the East Coast, if you're in, in an older part of town, you will walk by or walk into uh, something that was built at a time when, when certain things were 
available or valued. Uh, but no, we we generally don't, you know, and and also we live part, you know, we were born in the full throes of the liturgical revolution, and so on top of the culture, the outside culture, just not holding certain things as valuable within the church itself, the people that would generally have been our leaders. Uh, they were either absent or doing the opposite. And so so we we really didn't grow up with it. We have to travel for it, and we have to go looking for it. And sometimes, unfortunately, when we try to recreate it, because we're not rooted uh, in that culture or in that history, in and our eyes are not trained, our tongue is not trained to taste these things, when we try to recreate it often is, is what you end up with is uh, the type of sort of kitsch, quote-unquote, traditional, you know, building where you're walking in and you're going, what, what is what this, here? you know, and what happened, and, and it's a trope, it becomes a right. trope, you know, it's not authentic, yeah. because we didn't have the formation that is required in order to discern and say, this is good, this is bad, and this is why, you know, right. so, yeah. the most so, important being why, well, why is always the, the, no one asks why anymore. Well, that that's Aristotle says that the, the 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 you know wisdom is knowing the causes of things, and the causes of things is is really you know why, uh, and 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 wisdom asks why and knows why. Um, whereas when we ask the question, you know, why, what we're actually answering with is how, because we have a mathematical, you know, f- very physical and deterministic. Mindset that we don't even realize we have, and so we answer the question "Why?" with the answer "How?" But that's not, you know, why is the sky blue? Oh, it's because the rays reflect it. That's how. That's a physical answer to a metaphysical question. You know. Yeah, you bring up a really good point, and uh, I'm going to jump on that. Why do you think that is? I think the the. Um, well, scholars will point back to certain periods in time when the mentality of a people, you know, begins to shift, uh, and certainly you have that with the with the Protestant, you know, Reformation, and so. But to me, that's a little more arcane or indecipherable, you know, because I'm not a theologian, I'm not a scholar, than what happens. In the French Revolution, and in the French Revolution, which is okay. a, which is an outgrowth and a result of that mentality of that modern mentality, in the it is in the French Revolution that you finally really see, in a concrete, physical, political, social sense, the application of that modern mindset, which basically denies the supernatural, denies the metaphysical, and becomes more and more concerned with. Um, with the physical, the mathematical, and like everything, all the methodologies become mathematical methodologies. Right. 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 And so, but you know, we are products of our culture, mm. you know, and um, and uh, that's so. That's what I would point to when you say why that is. I suppose that the stu- the scholars are right, and the students of history are right, and that that's when things really. Um, you know, any 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 um, any rot is part of our human nature because we live in a world that was thrown into chaos by sin. Right. So it's not like you can really you know point back. Well, you point back to, but you know, in a physical sense, what are we living? We're living the effects of the French Revolution. I always like to talk about how when the Soviets took over. They renamed the first thing that they renamed, as far as um, you know, big memorable things, was the um, the ship. Uh, it was a battleship, a destroyer. I forget what it, you know. It's, it's the early part of the century, so I don't okay. know what the names are. But they renamed it, and they renamed it the Marat. And the Marat, why? Because they saw themselves as the inheritors of the French Revolution, and so the first things that they started renaming um, were things that were named for the saints or for the czars, uh, and they renamed them and, you know, they, they reformed them in the image of the French revolutionaries because they saw that as their inheritance. Wow. So we live that. So when we say the errors of Russia, 
if people say that. It's not just Russia. It's the errors of France. It's the errors of the modern age. It's, right. it's, it's a much more ample question that we are not, you know, taught to look at. Right. And did you, did you see that kind of fragmented, um, like a glimpse into the old world growing up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In large part, I did. Uh, I, I always kind of like to say well, that, that was a nice English sentence. I always kind of like to say <sighs> terrible. That's all right. Grammar Nazis from next. <laughs> wow, that was really, know, right? really awful. Uh, I like to compare it to you know, I'm living in in the south of Italy in a little town on top of a hill in the '80s. It, that it must have been something like growing up in America in the '40s. You know. Okay. Huh. Because the, the children. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ran around town. They came back in the afternoon, you know, for lunch and for dinner. You know, yeah. you you say, okay, <laughs> yeah. there goes my six-year-old. You know, out into the town. I mean, <laughs> right? That's yeah. how it used to be. We yeah. do that here. Right? No, yeah. you, you, we don't even let them out into the front yard. Yeah, yeah. No. And then we gave them iPhones and that. And then we gave them iPhones, and now them. they can just downstream <laughs> whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's you know, I grew up in a world where uh, the any any woman of middle age that um, had a husband die, it wasn't expected that she not be married, but but it certainly was something that she would do is she would wear uh, black for many years or at least a long period of time. And you saw it as the, as the women got younger, uh, it would be less and less. It would go from, you know, a year to six months to whatever. But if you were above a certain age, I mean... It, you just didn't really look at remarriage or things like that, right? You know, right? And um, you know, my grandmother uh, wore <laughs> black. <laughs> he thinks my grandma's funny, I guess, but she wore black no, ever, ever <laughs> since. You know, when my grandfather died, she wore black for the rest of her life. You know, I remember I was what ten, eleven, and she would show me this cabinet where you know these are these are the clothes I'm gonna wear in my coffin you know look this is the this is the necklace wow. these are my shoes That's like she dark. had it all ready Dang. you know we we in this world are not acquainted with death we are not acquainted with thinking of our own mortality we're not acquainted with everything that that involves and um, and we just don't have this um, in general we don't have a sacrificial culture we have a modern consumerist culture even sure. even the nice mm-hmm. people, you know, right. us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, I mean, so our like favorite people, ourselves, you know. Yeah. We we're we're the pudding, right? we, we are part of that culture too. And and it's yeah. uh and you know. So hopefully yeah. this plague that they are introducing us to will be a <laughs> will be an opportunity, you know, to 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 reclaim our mortality. <laughs> Because it was so lost from it, us. It really is. It, 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 it's hygienized. Yeah, you know, I, I was 11 years old. Uh, no, yeah, 10 or 11. And one of our, the kids that were that lived downstairs, you know, the, the, the older brother who was one year older than me, and he died. He was hit by a car. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, tragic. Tying his shoe and the car hit him because it was illegally wow, passing somebody so on the road. And Oof. so, but, you know, I remember... Um, we had the the wake is done in your home, you know, much like in Ireland, yeah. uh, in in those Catholic parts of the world. Mm-hmm. So, wow. you know, there is an acquaintance there. You know, um, there was yeah. when, when I was growing up. Anyway, it's more and more hygienized, and it's unfortunate. But you know, that's grounding. You know, right. and yeah. that does have something to do with a liturgy, and it does have something to do with you know sacred art and everything that we're going to talk about. It, it has a lot to do with that. Yeah, and it's something, um, it's perfect to bring up. There's a devotional book I'm reading right now, which uh, its title is the premise of a Stoic principle called Memento Mori, mm-hmm. Remember Your Death. Right. Um, and that is something, you know, very, it's actually very comforting. People, we have a tendency to shy away from death. This is like, it's just that ugly thing that we don't want to talk about. You know, we want to yeah, be we consumed. Hide we hide it yeah. as much as possible. Um, As I like to say, we put it in the fridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's for later. That's for, that's leftovers. No, that's, well, but um, it's true. I mean, we, we yeah, take our dead people yeah. and we literally put them in fridges for true, you yeah. know, an indeterminate amount of time no. until we can schedule whatever we're scheduling. You know, and yeah. I, you know, yeah. it's like, especially uh, as for if the this, mob. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a separate story. That's under Omerta. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and 
it's funny, the only way you can truly live a fulfilling and meaningful life is if you constantly think about death. It's kind of ironic, but mm-hmm. like, what else is going to give the time that you spend here meaning? Yeah. You know? When, when you realize you have a finite amount of time, that's scary. Every second and counts. And that's, that's how, yeah, that's how you start to, how can I use my time the best? Right. You know? Well, and um, the, if you look at consumer culture, the fear of death is actually what they what they feed on, because mm, because what right. you're being mm-hmm. sold is one of the great you know new capital sins of of the modern age is this um, perpetual youth. But what that really is is a denial of death, because mm-hmm. it 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 feeds off of your fear, and right. so right. you don't want to look at it, and so. therefore the only way you can deal with that is by lying about it which is oh I'm, I'm always going to be you know, so so the advertisement the, the clothing you know the f- Botox. One, Botox. <laughs> one of the funny things that happened to me when I came to America was I started recognizing a few years into you know being here as I was growing up that grandmothers mothers and granddaughters all wore the same clothes <laughs> Yeah, and and then I started recognizing <laughs> that men did that too, which was even more ridiculous. Um, yeah, where's the grandpa style? Because everybody's wearing t-shirts, you know. And so I go back to my old town, and you know, I try to uh, play the part of a wonderful, respectable person. And so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm. This shouldn't me, be too hard to do. Me and my uncle are the only ones who walk out into town with a tie on. Which, which oh one gosh. generation ago was standard. Right. Okay. Right. And so now everybody's in sports suits and pajamas. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, my cousins are, why do you dress like an old man? Well, why are you dressing like an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I want to know. You know. So, so there it is, you know. Yeah. And that's, that's... Swag and style are two different things. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. Sebastian about... Sebastian Maniscalco about people how people dress at the airport. Oh, it's you know. <laughs> I, I'm in airports all the time, it's and like, I send d- pictures home to my wife of these of these you know uncomfortable o- old ladies, and and they're wearing these t-shirts with messages on them, like yeah, you know, and the, and these these um, these guys with tank tops on, and yeah. it's just it's like wow, is am I in your living room or something? You know, it's. Uh, <laughs> it's like, it, but but again, it, there's no self respect. You know, but no, but it's but it's you can't point to a person, you know, yeah, and right. say oh, totally. you're doing something wrong. Right. I mean, we're talking about it in those. And terms, you also don't know the context no, of why they do. No, they but do. but the but the but the overarching context is the culture. Exactly. Right. Okay, so it's not a you know all of us are products of a culture in, in, to some degree. So we can you know have fun talking about other people, and it's always fun to gossip. But but the. <laughs> Always. <laughs> also, True. you should not do it. Yeah, it is bad. Uh, but but I think as we analyze and and kind of read through, you know, the messages that are out there, you know, you do have to acknowledge these things happen. But then why? And and it's just like why do we have ugly buildings? You know, why do we dress in an ugly way? Why do we eat ugly things? You know, why why are we okay with a poisoned world, poisoned? Chemically, poisoned that. intellectually, poisoned yeah. spiritually, and we are all okay with it to a certain extent. Yeah, um, and some more than others. You know, we at least have a certain degree of formation that allows us to look at it and and read it. But if yeah. you don't have that prism, so the, the faith, Catholic culture and Catholic faith is a is a prism to me, right? Where it takes in what's coming from the outside world, and then it. It deciphers it, and it allows you to start reading and distinguishing all the different colors. But if you don't even have that, so we have it, and we're bad at it. So imagine not having it at all. You're like you're like a jellyfish in the hence the modern culture. I was going to say in the wind, but now jellyfish. (laughs) Now now they put put jellyfish in water. What the hell is that? So, (laughs) uh, what did we say about millennials? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't Just know. That, that was your role. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know. What are you people? Are you Z, millennials? Z. Zs? Also called the I generation, which I don't like. Well, is Z the same? Is the Z the same as Omega? I have no idea. 
I think we're I called. I think we're called. What are we called? Centennials. Are we? Are That's we going? One name are I've we heard. gonna get to Greek letters at some point? I really hope so. I hope so. I mean, okay. until it sounds better than Z. I know. Right? Like, well, then there's ambiance. Z. You know. Well, Z. Doctor Seuss. Z. My Z. Canadian friends. Z. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. Well, DJ. French. True. Yeah. But French Canadian is totally different thing from actual French. So. It is. It's a different yeah, melting pot. It but is. Yeah, I can actually understand it better on a random note. I can understand it really? better eh, than that makes sense because it's more enunciated. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of vulgar. So you're basically unlike the however many millions of French people there are in the world. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah, including exactly. my uncle, born and raised in Paris. So. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good. Yeah. It's nice to have a deformed palate sometimes. It yeah. is. It makes life into variety is the spice of life. Exactly. <laughs> Except when you just want your routines on a Sunday and it keeps getting interrupted and you just keep getting more cranky. And cranky. You're gonna turn into yeah. an old cranky, cranky old man. Basically. <laughs> Wearing cardigan sweaters. Yeah, it could be worse. Pants. You you could be you, you could be wearing tank tops at the airport. That's true. <laughs> it's like I feel comfortable. Yeah. Well, you're making me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> but isn't isn't that isn't that essentially the you know something that we can really kind of boil down modernity to is it's just it's it's really about me. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it is. yeah. So there it is. As 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 uh, Tom Ford says, though, um, dressing well is a form of good manners. See, I quote Karl Lagerfeld, and you quote Tom Ford. <laughs> this is a beautiful thing. Hey, hey we are we are I love all it. the couture shops today. Exactly. Well, you know, Lagerfeld, interestingly enough, always spoke fondly about his Catholic upbringing, hmm. uh, and I have it on good authority because it was the people who were there. There was one point where these priests were shopping at a shop in Paris, which is what you do in shops. You shop. Right. Um, I'm a linguist. Uh, the uh, <laughs> naturally, and they were buying these uh, linens for a table, whatnot. Um, Karl Lagerfeld was there. He walks mm. in and he's shopping there too, I guess. And so they shut down the store, you know, get, get everybody out. And Karl Lagerfeld is here, but the priest they let them stay. And uh, when they went to, so they they kindly he spoke to them and mm-hmm. told them, you know, how great it was that they were there and. What a great uh, memories he had of the church and all this. And when they left, you know, he had purchased everything that they had put aside, you know, for later. So for them, wow. yeah, uh-huh. and these were very expensive things. So mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, we never we never really know, you know, what's in the heart of people. True, you know? yeah. true. We and can. by the way, and if you listen to Karl Lagerfeld, since we're on this, if you actually listen to him, he does bemoan. The modern generation's um, commercial attitude towards creativity and towards yes. artistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he made fun of himself all the time and said, "You know, the only thing that I'm good at is basically sketching and drawing." But but the reality is that when you when he he tried not to be negative in public, but he does talk about that trend, which is true in every sector of of modern life, which is essentially these young people coming in with little skill. A lot of ego, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's frustrating, you know. And so if if you can hear it from him, you know, imagine imagine what it's like in the even more august uh, segments of, of art and culture. You know, yeah. it's it's a real revolution and it's a real you know destructive force. So we have the the great opportunity of even though we are lesser luminaries than say the great artists that we like to look up to. The world, is, the world is so dark that we don't have to be a big torch. We could just be a little tiny candle, and we're still lighting up the place. So um, it's it, it's hard when you compare yourself to these to those you know men, uh, because you really can't live up to that sort of talent and that sort of skill. Right. right, and we don't have the infrastructure. To we don't have the, that no, no, at all. because they again they were born in a fertile ground, right? right? Like the formation you're talking about, right? And so it it is natural for those types of of men to be not just born because they're still born, they're still being born today, right. but there's no cultivation, yeah, because there's no value. 
So, so where do we place our value? We place it on another thing. And where do those great minds go? They go to those sectors. They go to finance. They go to, you know, let's say science or medicine or whatever. But they don't, we don't have a place for that in the arts. And wh so what you find for people who really are, you know, committed to, to that sort of creative aspect of their life is that a lot of times they end up in other places where they can make a living. Video games, tattoos... Yep. Okay, some of the some of the greatest artwork coming out today, musically and graphically, is in video games. Yeah, that's yeah. actually true. Right? Like I, I that's where the attention. Because you could actually yeah. make a living at it. Yeah, I was I was actually li I actually listened to music from a video game. I never thought I'd be doing this. Yeah. But I was like, this stuff actually isn't bad. No. <laughs> that's right. I was like, wow. That's right. And, 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 but again, you know, step back and and ask yourselves, you know, why. Because the 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 captains of the culture that should be, you know, people, even you know, well, well thinking, you know, at least intelligent enemies of the church, mm -hmm. will always have to grant the church that she was the patroness of art for millen well for centuries and centuries and centuries, yeah. and that that is what has ultimately contributed to us understanding ourselves as Europeans. Mm -hmm. uh, that role has been completely abandoned. And where it hasn't been abandoned, it's been subverted. So it is not by accident that when you are at the Vatican Museums, which is the first museum, number one, uh, and... Uh, Was it really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course. Good to know. Absolutely. And one of the great... And it set the trend for all the others. Uh you go through all. You go through the apartments. You go through. You know, and this is not a criticism of the museum. I'm talking about it as a, as a symbol for the culture, right? Uh, you go through the apartments. You Raphael and the Cosmati floors and the gold and the frescoes and the rooms and the vaults and the. And right before getting into the Sistine Chapel, you have to, be thrown into this maddening and depressing an awful sequence of rooms with these pieces of art that are just smudges on a canvas or a ripped piece oh of paper gosh. or clumps of clay baked together and you know <laughs> it's like, uh, and then and then you're torn up because now you had this build up of all this beauty and you just got this oh, you know you're just in this sort of heaven and then they throw you into that and then you walk up the stairs and go to the Sistine Chapel but they've, but it, 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 they've completely distorted, you know, the the meaning of things for you now because they they sandwiched it in as an equation that this uh -huh. this is the same as this, okay. So what culture Relative, does that to relativism? You? Well, I mean, it's it's everything. It's whatever you want to call it. I just call it cancer. <laughs> Way more apt, right? But yeah. but but again, it's not a criticism of a person. It's not a mm -hmm. criticism of of an institution. It's a critic. It's not even. A, it's an observation, right? Yeah. Of, of the culture, right? Yeah. And we we need to be vigilant. I mean, as Catholics and but just as intelligent people in general. It's beyond Catholicism. It's yeah. it's a human it's question. A human, it's such a human, it's a human yeah. question. Yeah. And um, and that's and that's why it's um. It's important to keep a very universal, uh, you know, outlook on that because you can you can. You can criticize people to death, but until you realize that you're part of the problem, there's no solution. Right. And and that's yeah. always very hard. Yeah. You know, you don't want to look at yourself as a problem. You don't want to look at yourself as somebody who is on the way to death. You know, all the hard yeah. stuff we avoid. And you can do a couple things to avoid the hard thing. You can ignore it, or you can lie about it and say, well, it's not really hard. It's fine. You know, it's it's actually not... And so, th but those are your only two out of three options, right? Yeah. I mean, I say only. There's, yeah. But right. you know, there's <laughs> a third that will. I'm a, I'm say. a very simple person. So those are, those are those are the the two main options as to how to avoid the hard thing is you ignore it or you lie about it. And the liturgy, in 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 a way, is that it's the hard thing. And and why do I mention this? And and I'm going to connect it to sacred art in a second. But the we know our catechisms backwards and forwards and I myself being perfectly catechized uh, would be, you know, 
<laughs> the first to, 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 to make the claim. So we know that, that we say that mass is a representation. Well, we say representation. I always like to it's re represent because yeah. we say that, but we don't. If that's true, it's we, anamnesis. We, we, see, I just like to point out if, if it's a representation, it means that it's that thing again. Right. Right. Uh, and so that thing again is not a pretty picture. That thing again is the cross. A cru- it's not just the, cr- but let's get into it. It's it's a violent, willful death, right? It's yeah. it's a willful death. It's it's confronting death. It's confronting sin. It's it's confronting all these things, chaos, and then willfully submitting to a sort of, I guess you could say, transformative torture. It's a, there's a there's a torture involved. Okay, mm-hmm. it's not accidental that the image is torture, right? Mm-hmm. And the image is bleeding out to death. This is not pretty. There's nothing pretty about this. Okay, and and there's nothing really pretty uh, to look at Saint Augustine's. You know, when he talks about going into the chamber of his heart and you know immolating you know himself. We talk about the old man has to die and the new. You know. But all these mm-hmm. images are the images of a very tough, hard thing, which means you confront your sin, you confront your own chaos, you confront the beast that you are, and then you die. Yeah. Okay. So what is beauty, what is art then in relationship to the liturgy? If, if that's really the, f- the, the, the focal, I mean, that is the focal point of, of mm-hmm. what we say the liturgy or the mass rather is. If that's the question, then how do you how do you speak to that through art, right? Yeah. So, so one way to do it is to say, well, it's a meal, and it's. Oh no, I mean, I'm I'm being cute, but but it's a meal, Some and it's us getting to together, you know. And yes, yeah. it is us getting together. It is a meal in that sense. It is a gathering. But but to but to deny completely that aspect is one way that you can confront this question, right? Right. So you you basically lie about it. Mm-hmm. You you avoid it. You lie about it. You say it's something yeah. else, and so you're doing both things at once. You're ignoring it, and then you're lying about it because you have to replace it, right? Yeah. With something, and so that's one way to do it. And now, you know, well, how can they have balloons? You know, that's how you have balloons. You know. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and you know it's it's very it's very oh, you know yeah. fine that you know a nice pious person would be shocked by this right mm-hmm. so how could they do that it's a sacrament well not if you look at it from their point of view because they're formed in the mindset that that's we're not talking about the same thing yeah. it's a different completely different thing and obviously there's a nuance you know from one extreme you know to the other but but my point greater overarching point in, in that is this that beauty in the liturgy and 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 more importantly even than that art uh, is the comforting thing in in that journey to the cross because from the entrance of the church to the altar right is that is that journey the, the the priest is marked if you would he marks the place in the ground where Christ is right, right. ritualistically and liturgically speaking in the mass so, right so so that action is happening there. Wherever he moves is where Christ is moving, right? Um, even into the, the the crucifixion and whatnot. So when when that's happening, you know, as I'm as I'm traveling this this road, what is art and what is beauty? Beauty is the thing that comforts me on the way, because I'm weak. It is a it is a device of mercy that God gives us, our own human creativity that is able to respond to this, that says. It, it's it's the cheerleader, right? It's the the light at the end of the tunnel. It, well, and it's even the light um, along the way, right? Because yeah. because what it's doing is it allows you to do what the artist does. What is if if God is the artist? Okay, when any artist that creates a work of art, who is authentic and is honest, a child, right? When a child paints something, they're painting, um, they're painting what they see through their eyes, right? So the artist expresses to you what he sees through his own eyes. So if God is the artist, right, and if the, and if the artist channels the mind of the church, right, which is, as we see it, the mind of God, 
the artist is, is expressing not just his own creativity, but he's expressing how the church and how God is wanting us to see things, right? So, so the art in a church, right? So the art in a church is expressing God, if God has, is artist, what he sees the world to be through his eyes. And so art is our collaboration with understanding God's vision, quote unquote, of the world. Okay, it's it's this um, it's a paradox, it seems, but I love that. yeah, but it, but that's what it is, and so that's why it's not just you know people, the B word, you know, beauty, 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 beauty. But the, but then it's like, well, what are you talking about? Right, yeah. because a, a table is beautiful, you know, but what's it, what's its relationship to the to the liturgy? And in the liturgy, it's not just beauty; it's also creativity with God as artist. Because what the, what the beauty in the liturgy does is it allows us to see this treacherous journey with spiritual eyes. And so when you look at it with spiritual eyes, your physical eye is telling you that it's a bloody, torturous crucifixion and I have to look at myself and I am the cause of sin and all these things. Yeah. But the spiritual eye understands that that is the way to regeneration and resurrection. And so it's the spiritual understanding and its beauty as that bridge for our l l physical limitation that allows us then to see this glorified view, and that's what the ritual too is about, right. of, of what that actually means in a, in a manner that is more than true. You know, it's, it's, be it's above, tr it's more true. It's meta-truth, right? And so that's what, that's what beauty in the liturgy is. It's, it's the vision of the world and of the sacrifice and of the hardship or the difficulty of what I'm about to confront in a spiritual outlook. Okay, yeah. and um, that's the that's the importance of of beauty in the liturgy. So if we are to be honest about something that is hard, you don't you don't lie about how hard it is. Yeah. But you have to look at it not just in a physical sense but in a spiritual sense, and that's. That's where the um, the commingling, right, of yeah, of our yes. happens. It, it, it's it's uh, it's our creativity, but it's our creativity channeled through the truth that God gives us, and so we're expressing the world as He sees it through our own talents and limitations. And so, in a way, we go back to Saint Augustine, who says that you know God crowns us for His own gifts, right? And that's the crown that we offer is that crown that we were given. Wow. I think, no, it's true, because I think that's why I have so much problem with so many artists nowadays or so much art that gets produced is they're just saying, oh, life is hard and terrible, but then they're not offering anything. That, well, be, and, and, and so... You know, it's no like, solution. so why? Like, there's no solution. There's no why. There's no, like, there's no nothing. It's just there's no gloom, dis gloom and despair. Right, there's no meaning. Well, because Whereas, their whole point, yeah. though, but listen to what they're saying. Their whole mm -hmm. point is, well, I'm just showing you what real life is. Right, which I isn't so 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 life. Damien Hurst right shows yeah. you what real life is. So what does he do? He takes a, gl a glass box mm -hmm. and he puts um, a uh, a decomposing cattle head. Right, um, I'm, I'm I'm not Mike Bloomberg, so I'm not going to say that farming is easy. <laughs> but I'm also going to say that I don't really know what the proper terminology for a head of what. Uh, uh, an ox head? I mean, I don't know, right? Yeah, Is it a know. cattle? I mean, so, yeah. you know, it reminds me, I was on a trip in Napa once, and I and uh -huh. I was on the phone, and I said, oh my gosh, stop the car, stop the car, I'm on the phone. So let's go look at this, because it was um, a mom cow and the baby cow. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm trying to describe, <laughs> I'm trying to describe this moment. I, I forget who I was talking to. I said, yeah, it's it's a cow, um, and it's, and there's the, the and I couldn't remember, and I, and I was thinking, what do you call veal when it's alive? <laughs> <laughs> calf. A calf, <laughs> right. So, so, yeah, so there's this glass box, you know, this glass box, and there's, uh, there's a calf, you know, head on mm -hmm. the ground decomposing. Uh, there's some sugar cubes here and there. And basically, he's got this cycle of mm -hmm. these flies, right? These flies are feeding and putting their larvae into this, you know, dead meat, and they're eating the sugar, and then as they're flying around in this box, 
they get zapped by you know one of those bug zappers, mm-hmm. and they fall to the ground and they're dead. You know, so you have so he create and it's a, well you know it's this is just the the randomness and the chaos of life. Okay, fine, you know, but um, you're not telling me anything. But right. but the modern artist says that that's his role is just to show you the decrepitness of life. So you have that English quote unquote artist uh, who is um, incidentally in England. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. And her <laughs> masterpiece was a dirty bed. Have you seen this? No. It's a dirty bed. The sheets are all undone. There's sweat stains on the, you know, and it's just this ugly, disgusting thing. And yeah, I'm not going to get into some of the details of the other things that she has, like flowing out of her purse or whatever. And it's just like paraphernalia and whatnot. And it's mm. just completely decrepit, you know. But their point is, well, I'm just showing you modern life. I know what modern life is. I'm in a quarantine, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right, right. You know, we're in the middle of a play. I know, I know what. My, I, I don't need to, you to tell me that it's hard and chaotic. Yeah. But they don't have the answers. Right. And so, again, without pointing fingers, you know, just observing without pointing fingers. Mm-hmm. How much worse then is it when we do that? Yeah. And what, not only when we do it, but when we do it in a church. Because the church, as a monument and as a symbolic place that has no quote unquote need to exist, right? Uh, in in the understand what I'm saying, in the sense that it doesn't just come out of nothing, right? Like you need a fire, you know, you need a house to protect you from the uh, from the elements. You need something over yourself to keep yourself warm during the harsh winter, but. The, the the when we create a church, we consecrate that space to something that is greater than us, right? right. So it is beyond need, right? It's not a mm-hmm. utilitarian place. Right. right. It can be, but so when we treat it as something that is all about the arbitrariness of our life mm-hmm. and all about expressing our own comfort and displeasure, how much more meaningless and how much more of an offense is that? Especially yeah. if. Especially if this one opportunity that you have is there to really express, you know, what you need to do with your life, which is yeah. to look at yourself, look at your, look at the chaos within, look at the beast inside. Like we gather for this. It's, you know, it, it's, it is a meditation. There's one aspect of liturgical art that is completely lost on us, which is aiding the priest in his meditation, Right. When the altar is is built in a certain way, when the church is built in a certain way, and when you put yourself in the eyes of the priest who is there to confect the sacraments, you'll notice that a great attention is placed in traditional art and architecture on ensuring that his, and in the liturgy too, by the way, in the, in the gestures of liturgy, to ensure that he is able to do what he has to do in a meditative state, in a meditative way, okay, right. where his attention is not broken, where his um, prayerfulness is not broken, when he is handed objects, when when things are done without him having to do them, all those things, and you know, I'm talking about the higher you go up in a mass, they are there for a reason, and art is there for that reason too, it's to keep his concentration, it's to focus him as the one who is confecting, you know, the sacrifice. We don't, you know, when 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 you have a communion, for example, that is separate, where the priest is doing his communion, and then the people do theirs, it heightens and underscores this truth that the priest, as the mediator, is is and Christ as the mediator, is the one confecting the sacrament, right? And and to keep his mind in focus uh, we have lost that concept too in in liturgical art uh, partly because of you know the, the liturgical um, way that we do things where you know he's facing us and it's a whole you know back and forth kind of show but the the idea the idea of putting Moses on his mountain and letting him do his thing is completely yes. lost on us yeah okay and uh, that also is an important part of liturgical art is to is to sanctify the priest 
We have a thing today that is arising that has arisen. Do, I ha do we still have time? Yeah. Th and I, and I, I think it's important for Catholics to consider this, especially because we are going to be torn, is that they've turned the word church into a bad word, right? Yeah. And so through the abuse and through the corruption, I mean, if, if the average Catholic in the pew actually understood how corrupt... Rome is. Yeah. Uh, it would make the fantasies that come out of Luther's, you know, stories uh, look like child's play. Mm -hmm. So uh, they turned the, the word church into a bad thing. But the word church is actually a really beautiful word. Mm -hmm. And so what you have arising out of this, especially in Germany and all these modernist circles, is the priest is no different than anybody else. The priesthood is open to everybody. Uh, we don't put priests on pedestals. But this, listen, this is the this is the argument. When this ha this abuse has arisen because we have placed the priest on pedestals, and we have allowed them to just become rotten and corrupt and not question them, and and this is what we've done by putting them up. No. The proper Catholic response, I think, is to affirm the pedestal to make sure the priest knows he's on that pedestal and what dignity is owed that office right yeah and that and that it's that that is key if if anything now is the time to respond with an even greater admiration with an even greater understanding with a more a more deep understanding of the pre of the sacramental priesthood obviously and what that means to us yeah but uh, but that was never denied, you know. Th but the the question now is not to diminish the priesthood. If anything, it's to it's to really understand it as special. Yeah. To really place the priest in the sanctuary. Yeah. You know. And uh, yeah, I think I think part of that is a lot of priests just don't have the humility anymore. Because well, I, it's a formation. I definitely, right. I definitely get a sense of clericalism but it, it, it it's I don't know it, it's it's like the whole liberal well, ideology well, what do you say. call clericalism it, like oh uh, it's a where it's it's not exactly a it's not that the like the priest definitely has an higher office than a lay person does but it's more of a like a condescending of like my position it, it's a use of abuse of power of your position Right is what I would I would say because they're not I, trained in humility and and exactly and agape I think I think they don't they don't take the status of their they they only they only use their status as a priest insofar as it allows them power and to get what they want but as far as spirituality is concerned they just right but but yeah. you're talking but you're talking about a priestly class that is completely divorced from a, an actual priestly formation exactly yeah, yeah. well exactly. yeah. Yeah, they're not taught the classics. Right. They're not taught the classic languages. They're not taught how to preach. To preach, uh, their, their 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 liturgy yeah, is no, uh, oh it's what I mean. I I don't even know what that is. I've watched videos from these conservative, you know, colleges, seminaries, mm -hmm. and I'm going. This is what you teach future priests to do mass as. This is what you. This is the giggling BS that you're throwing at us through them. Like, in what earth is that priest in any way, shape, or form prepared to take on a, a flock, uh, the, the incomprehensible complexities of everything that comes with that, and then the corruption of his superiors? Yeah. You, they're completely unprepared. When, when I was in seminary... That was a constant preparation. Is you knew not only your role, you but you know that didn't mean that. Okay, knowing your spirit, knowing your spiritual pedestal exaltation does not mean that you get on a high horse. If yeah. anything, it reminds you. Yeah. It reminds you of how unworthy you are. Right. Yeah. And I never saw in my formation a priest shy away from doing a menial task, from doing, you know, the liturgy is one thing, but the, the you know, the general of the army or the, you know, the officer, 
it has to know all the levels of, you know, it's kind of like when you're managing a restaurant. You, you really kind of should, before you're put in that position, have cleaned the dishes and have cleaned yeah. the toilets and get in, been in the back of the line and the frame and waited table. In that you, you know, you understand that, that role in its fullness. Yeah. So what you're talking about, though, is kind of what I'm talking about in yeah. that, in that the, the priestly formation should be such as where the priest actually re- remembers and understands what he really is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're always going to have problems. Uh, everybody's known this. This is mm-hmm. not a shock or news to anybody. Yeah. There's always been... You know the <laughs> the nun that gets out of the convent. You know, and the <laughs> and the, <laughs> you know, it's the stuff of jokes because it's yeah. true. You know, yeah, but we it's, joke about what's true, right? <laughs> you know, we have that. You know, we the priest who it's funny. the we priest who runs stroke. off and whatever. <laughs> you know, in 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 the Man for All Seasons, which is a great you know. Oh, uh, yeah, when, when they did the movie, yeah. oh, you know, yes. one of the, the the funny things is that it starts out and they're making jokes about some priest, right? Yeah. So Wolsey, there's right. always going to be a problem mm-hmm. here and there, and maybe in a lot of places. But endemically, you know, when you're talking mm-hmm. about the 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 institutionalization of corruption, that is a far different question. Right. So now, w- where they are trying to make the word church and the word priest mean nothing mm-hmm. and make it bad. This is the time when we have to absolutely, you know, be in a way reactive and in a way proactive in denying the wrong, uh, not denying it as in it doesn't exist, but, right. you know, ex- you know, explaining how things are wrong and then really professing what things are true. And one of the things that is true is that the priest is on a pedestal, should be on a pedestal. So my call to, to lay people is learn how to treat your priest. You know, I see so many gatherings, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's very well-meaning people, uh, but we don't have a romanity because, again, we weren't Mm -hmm. created in that culture of romanity where, you know, why why isn't the priest the first one at the at the buffet line? Yeah. Small, small gesture. Mm -hmm. Why isn't in in a place where maybe the tables are random or whatnot? Why isn't the priest table? The one with a tablecloth, maybe, if you don't have them mm-hmm. other places. Why, maybe, another thing to do would be to set his plate. Yeah. And that way, either he can, you know, he has his things ready for him there. Yeah. Or to, you know, in other words, it also depends on lay people to affirm these truths. Mm-hmm. And we quietly, in a way, remind the priest that we know. Right. Yeah. And he's reminded and that we know, yeah. and then he knows. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's this is not the time to to undo the priesthood. No. So important. Not. So important. This is the time to support the priesthood yeah. and to affirm it and to proclaim it as yeah. as the honor of our people. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the without that, there's nothing. Yeah. It just isn't. Yeah. I I mean, whenever I'm at a gathering, too, or I'll see something like, you know, I like to, you know, Father, can I get you a drink? Sure. And I I kind of, like, hate it when they say no. Because, like, no, Father, please have a drink. You know? (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, everything everything within reason. But but my point is just just that this is the time to affirm Mm -hmm. truths because the world is confused and dark. And therefore, even small things we can do will help in that regard. Yeah. Right. And and it goes back to um I'm thinking, you know, growing up in Italy and and just the simple a uh, very simple in a beautiful way um like la dolce vita, right? I don't know. I mean, um I think that's gone in a in okay. large part. Um the there's still an understanding that Things that are important um, are the beautiful things. Right. The simple, beautiful. Um, eating, you know, we don't we don't, we <laughs> don't have course. a culture of eating here. Oh uh, no, we have McDonald's. Well, it's, it's <laughs> I would say it's worse than that because that's an extreme. But in your day to day, we just you know, and this is more of a. I guess it's neutral from a cultural standpoint, perhaps. But as an Italian, I see it as a negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, Naturally. <laughs> and as a Roman, uh, not Roman city, but Roman as a Catholic, mm-hmm. I think that it does have an impact on, on on the way we understand religion. 
mm-hmm. so it is important. I, I I try to understand when I'm being subjective and when I'm being objective. And so clearly one of the great things that I try to do in my life is take everything that is subjective and make it objective. <laughs> 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 so, so that I feel better about myself. Yeah. No, but but the uh but but the the care about certain types of things like that the the time that we spend on it the devotion that we pay to those i would say extensions of the liturgy right and then you could say well the liturgy is an extension of that culture well fine whatever it's mm-hmm. yes great i don't think that there's a that's a meta right there well yeah. you know it's like, sure of course it is you know but but okay, well, when you lose the culture, at least let let the remnant of of the culture then you know reinseminate and 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 you know refertilize the dead culture, right? And it'll be something new, you know. It'll be uh, it'll be something new, but at least you know think of you know, think of the monasteries um, that preserved Roman law when the law had disappeared, and then what happens? Well, the barbarian kings become Christians, and that, and then. We, we receive the law again. It's melded with common law of the barbarians, of the tribe. You know, we have a, a, new, a new creation. That should be our focus, to be more Roman, to affirm truth more clearly, more distinctly, and to, and to um, grow Roman culture within our ranks, the Romanity, right? And what does that mean? It means order. It means sobriety. It means... A certain authentic simplicity. It means splendor. It it means directness, right? Uh, it means everything in its place. It means hierarchy. It means paternity. It means patriarchy. You know, it means yeah. it means matriarchy too, in a, in mm-hmm. its own way, right? Yeah. But that's still a hierarchy. Yeah. Right. So all those things, and you'll notice on every single front, those are the things that they attack. Yeah. They attack our customs, our tastes. Mm-hmm. Our colors, our architecture, our our social structure, and to the point where now they're attacking our own genetic, yeah, like makeup, makeup. Yeah. and and having you deny it. Mm-hmm. So so this is the time to affirm that and to be courageous and just to be you know just de- detached from it in a way, right? right. Uh, yeah, and and affirm it, <laughs> but with, but with <laughs> but within but within our own, ra- own ranks as laity, mm-hmm. there are things that we can remind ourselves of and do that express that romanity, and that that begins the process of reclaiming that culture within our own circle, within our little yeah. societies, and then hopefully the you know the rest will come, but. Uh, you can't start on the big stuff until, you know, you clean your room. <laughs> Remember yeah. that yes. one? Yep. You clean your yep. own room and then uh, and then start affecting what's close to you. Mm-hmm. Affect what is close to you and the rest will come. Yes. You can't fix the priest crisis until, you know, until you fix your parish, until you establish that community it's within the catholic community that are born the future priests so fi- you know fix your family fix yourself you know yeah, you have to right. and again that's what that's the fulcrum of of you know personally for me anyway that's the liturgy for me is a is a meditation on on that on uh, you know looking at at the inner chaos and then you know preferably eradicating it you know the establishing order and chaos but if you if you start with yourself the outside world becomes more molded to that order and and so what they've done is um, is to little by little through sometimes through entropy sometimes through you know direct attack is to create that chaos but we have to reclaim it inside and then spread it outside right we have to be vigilant we have to be courageous right um i want to end on a note of what you something you said i think we're all paraphrasing it here is leo tolstoy said if a man would change the world he must first change himself very true um yeah and on that basis anything's possible right well well christ says that too right Mm -hmm. right and even I think def- I think Tolstoy got it from Christ. Oh yeah, <laughs> okay. just, just a little bit. Yeah, I but mean. but all the great all the great ancients say that as well. Yeah, in the Bronze Age you have this. Right. You know, in the ancient 
scriptures you have this well as well and and before the scriptures too so yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. and that's the hard part it is and we and we can't be uh, banal or you know quippish about it right right yeah well thank you so much hey thank you yeah thank you Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at vmpc.show. Let us know what you thought and what topics you'd like to see next. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Have an amazing day. God bless.